Hi, everybody. Um, as you heard, I have a very varied background, but but most importantly, um, I've spent decades as what, what I call being self-employed, so working for myself, developing my own businesses, which have been more than 30-odd businesses over my lifetime. I've employed hundreds and thousands of people. So I, I have a concept of what it's like to be a, a, a group of one or a group of, of hundreds. So I, I cross that line. And then, of course, the other side of that is, you know, in the small business world, if when you achieve success, you always want to give back. So my latest venture, which is SME TV, which is a YouTube platform, uh, which I host and founded the show, is all about giving small businesses a voice, but not so much as people think it's it's for them to have their opinion heard, it's a voice for their business to be heard. So it's very much a platform around their brand and their business. It's not about the person unless the person is the brand and business. So I come at it from a little bit dif a little bit different view. That's wonderful. So, um, so in terms of uh, for people who are attending our events and maybe would get value, the first thing everyone who's listening can do is go and subscribe. We'll have a link to that YouTube podcast, and not only subscribe but share it because I think that the critical thing is it's a community, and the more people who join the community, the stronger the community gets. And so, uh, I think what you know what Angela is doing, if we can. Uh, essentially support it, share it, subscribe. I think that would give a lot of, um, that would help a lot in that regard. So going back to the very beginning of your journey, um, uh, before you started this uh, platform for helping small uh, and medium-sized enterprises, um, what was the sort of the moment that you sort of realized that uh, helping uh, small and medium-sized enterprises tell their story, you know, in terms of content marketing, writing content, you know, getting their, their, their story out there. Uh, what was that moment for you where you're like, I'm going to do this? Were you on a hike? Were you, uh, were you, uh, you know, in a conference? Where did you have that aha moment? So I, I don't do anything uh, as, as much fun as what you've just made it sound. Uh, it wasn't so much as an aha moment, just a culmination of things. So I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I woke up one day and this amazing idea came to me. It's because I spent so long saying, why can't we be heard? So on the back of a lot of the success that I've had, it's meant that I've had a lot of media exposure. So I've always been very fortunate to manage media, but mainstream media doesn't really understand the person and the story behind a small business brand and why it gets to where it, it's going. And I always felt that it was easier for me because I had sometimes 40 seconds or a minute on a big show to, to have my brand out there. And then I would always see the result of even just 30 or 40 seconds on mainstream media because my sales or my uh, website activity would spike. So I figured, why can't small businesses have that advantage just like I did? Well, the reason they can't is because not all of them have a message or a brand or a product that's going to catch the eye of mainstream media. And the problem with that, Jay, is that most businesses that are established are actually doing really well. They're not just making a living, they're contributing to the big end of town in lots of different ways, but they stumble at telling their story because nobody wants to listen. So the difference is we need to create the story that 
other people want to hear. And then we also need to create a platform or a community where it can be amplified. So instead of just shooting from the hip and saying wherever that lands, we kind of target it in a more direct way by creating a community, by creating a story, and therefore creating the interest and the attention that even mainstream media won't be able to overlook. Well, that's really um, a very thoughtful uh, way of describing, um, number one, that the way you described it, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was just this, the, the fact that you've been through so many different, um, you know, experiences and you saw that for yourself when you were on mainstream media that it made a big Im impact. But for a lot of the other small businesses, they don't necessarily have that clarity on how to translate what they're doing successfully in a way that mainstream media would actually benefit or be interested. And so you're helping them to learn that and also to amplify it through the community so that at the time when they approach mainstream media, there's, there's, there's a reason for mainstream media to pay attention as well. So that's really, a, really interesting. And um, I think, yeah, you can have the best product or service in the world, but if people don't know, <laughs> then you're not, then everyone's missing out because the, the people who could benefit from the service are missing out and uh, the government isn't getting the revenue and the taxes are, and, the, and, the, and the people who could be, you know, employed by that business aren't getting them jobs. And so it has a, it has an impact all around. So the next question really is tying to what you just shared about how sort of your kind of your process for helping uh, people like can you if there's a sort of a step by step approach or what's the very first thing you do. Um, do you go through, for example, creating a client brief or is it something other than that. I always start with getting to know the client or the product, so I don't have a meeting with the client unless I've done a, at least a little bit of research so that whatever they start to talk to me about makes sense because the client is the customer and the customer doesn't always know what you need to know. And as the service provider, we kind of have to provide a little bit of psychology around it, right? We have to pull apart the layers to find that little bit of gold, that nugget that is going to sell or communicate the goal of the client. We have to remember too, Jay, that it's our job to listen, right? It's not our job to tell them, it's our job to listen because they will share with you what it is that they want to achieve. So I don't think it's a cookie cutter approach in, in that it's the step-by-step -step process of do this, do this, do this. My first goal is always to listen so I can hear what they want to tell me and then come up with the solution that meets their needs, but also within their toolbox of skill set. So not every client is going to tick every skill set box. You're not always going to find a client who can present well to media or who's got this fascinating story or whose product solved world hunger or can find water in the desert. They're not going to be like that. So it's, it's our job as content providers to find that little bit of gold that will communicate a story that off the back of we can sell their product. Yeah, I, I think it's really nice that you um, emphasize listening. And I think that um, people really, if, if, if as, a, as someone who can help small businesses, uh, they, would, they would have also a sense that you're really looking for the gold in, in, in what they're sharing. And 
Um, I think one of the challenges that you sort of hinted at is that a lot of small businesses, and there's a there's a book we can allude to called Emith. I think you've probably heard of that book. Yep. But uh, um, they are experts and very deep experts, maybe in a, in a, all of the things they have to do to create that result. But in that, all the things that they do, they may be missing. Like, what is the the thing that is really interesting? That one or two sentences that could summarize the value they can provide or the problem they can solve. And they'll start to talk about all of the other things and you're listening and then you're like this is really this is really going to get a lot of attention the media will want to talk about this particular aspect of what you're doing um so some of the other questions we have are in terms of your perspective and how you work um what do you what do you think about the brand of the companies you work with and what what are some sort of your uh, approach in terms of helping the client um you know, clarify their brand and get that across on different channels like social and so on. I think a lot of clients can get easily intimidated when you start to talk to them about their brand or their message because it sometimes you see like a shutter come down over their face because they feel like they've got a question from you that they don't know what the right answer is and you're looking for the right answer. So I don't I don't like to put that kind of pressure on a client. Again, it's part of my research and my job to see how the public might perceive their brand or their message and then just check with them, is this what you're trying to do? Now, a lot of clients, I find it's 50-50, Jay. A lot of them will say to me, yes, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Then I might, I might say to them, well, I don't think you're being really clear in it or I'll say, great, I understand that. Now, what else do you want to do? So, they're not looking for you to judge. They are looking at you for answers. So I want to I want to really highlight that point, Jay, that the client is looking to you for answers. If you think your client is going to give you those answers, then you're not doing your job. Because if they had all the answers, they wouldn't need you. If they could do everything, again, they wouldn't need you. So they're not, they're not sure exactly. They come to you for a reason because you're a specialist in that area. So you need to make their journey from start to finish as easy and as streamlined as possible. And that comes back to my original business because I've spent most of my life in hospitality, which is about customer service. So I take that with me into every business. So if there's no customer service, you're not gonna keep your client happy. And that's what we have to start and finish every transaction with is that, including the actual client's story to their market because it's always going to be about that well i think i think there's a few really interesting things that you've shared and i think that one of them is in a sense having a way of listening and communicating with clients and that the way that you're listening and communicating is as, as important as the the what you know that what is being shared because um the way that you're describing it angela is that you really provide essentially a place for the client to get their own clarity and for them to go through a process where they're not feeling judged and they're able to uh, have a somebody who's really uh, on their side and really they feel like they're being supported through the process. And you mentioned a little bit about how that could feel when someone goes into a really um, well, well run, you know, hospitality experience and you feel supported when you go into that, you feel like, people are there to really uh, take care of your needs. And so 
I think that as an expert, you know, this is the thing that a lot of people maybe don't know is that as an expert, you can't come off as judgmental or impatient. Um, you really need to uh, give that person, that client the chance to feel like they're important and what they're saying is important and give them a chance to um, share and listen. I think your hospitality background really um, is relevant. That's pretty interesting to see that fit. Uh, and then in terms of like, for example, um, as you said, the second thing you said was that that in addition to listening and really not judgment, not judgmentally, but giving them that support, the second thing you said is that that the client should also feel like you will help them find the answers, like you will help them to find the answers together. You're not quizzing them; they're not on the spot where they have to know everything, right? So, in terms of um, mis like in terms of mistakes, you think that other that you've seen other companies making or other uh, agencies or whatever making, uh, what, what advice would you, like you've kind of gone through it a bit, right? So um, like, is there something like specific, like if someone's listening and they're like, okay, well I should start with asking these three or four questions. Um, is there some, some specific process in terms of like three or four questions and maybe you don't have it. It's always very gestalt and very dynamic and uh, just goes with the flow, but do you normally have like um, like a questionnaire you use or anything like that when you start um, working with a with a with a small business? So I'll I'll always ask Jay several times throughout uh, whether it's the initial interview or or follow ups if after we're engaged by the client. I'm always going to continuously ask the same question, which is, what's your end goal? Where is it that you want to go with this? Why are you, what do you want me to give you as the ultimate result of this campaign or this particular service that we might be offering them? And I constantly ask that throughout because sometimes the goalposts move. Even the client isn't aware sometimes that there's been a shift. So you have to be fluid with that. You have to be constantly keeping in touch and making sure that you're still delivering what the client wants, even if there is a subtle change. So I'll ask at the very beginning, what's your end goal here? Ultimately, what do you want to achieve? And always respect that. It's a, it's a big word and not often used in business, respect, but we need to respect what the client wants and not make it about our skills. Our skills are there to be used to deliver an end goal. Nothing more, nothing less. But we can't do that unless we respect the client and their business and where they want to go. So I think one of the greatest challenges that people might have with content is marrying the creative with the, the numbers and the data and what that says. So if you respect the numbers and the data or the sales or the achievement of the client and then create around that, you'll find you'll get a better result. If we do the creative up front and then try and put this square peg in a round hole, we're not going to get a result. We'll feel good as content creators, but we'll forget that it's not about us feeling good. It's about the client achieving results. And one size does not fit all. So the numbers of a business will tell their own story. Even the client may not be aware that when you start to break it down and you say, okay, well, what is your best-selling product? Now, if, if you're working with a plumber and you know the, the biggest part of his business is installing toilets, okay, 
you're not going to think that there's a lot of glamour in, in toilets, but you'd be surprised if you think about how many cultures there are around the world. And we were looking after a client like this and how many slang terminologies there are for toilets all around the world. You can start to create a creative narrative story around the best-selling product without realizing what you're doing, because that is what we get paid to do, Jay. It's okay. to create and sell the best story we can for the product that's going to make the best impact for the client. Yeah, I think I think there's a few things, Angela, that you've really highlighted. Um, and the first one is back to the story, I think. The story is really interesting. And then the second uh, point you mentioned was uh, how at the end of the day, like a business needs, it needs revenue and needs profit to survive. That's like oxygen for them. So if we can look at, as you mentioned, the data side and look at how what we do as creatives can help that business owner have more, a better profitable business and, and have that revenue more stabilized or even growing, um, that's really meaningful for most business owners, because that's like having a body that's in better shape or having a body that's more healthy. So um, most business owners would, would be very happy to marry those two things, which is on one hand, like having someone who can clarify them, their creative story and help them to get that media attention or, or get that story out there. And on the other hand, have that relate back to the data and have that relate back to like the revenue and the and kind of the oxygen of the business. And I think that's kind of an encapsulation of a little bit of what you're sharing. Um, so, um, so, so just to summarize where we are, and then we can like go to the next um, step in the call. Um, so Angela has uh, introduced herself as someone who really is a is a, a, a would you call yourself a consultant, or how would you refer to yourself? So, uh, yes, I am. I am a consultant um, when it comes to content and how we might use that. But I'm primarily a, a business owner myself. So I think it's because I am one. I know how to re relate and communicate with, with other business owners in, in terms of our ups and downs, um, low points, high points, but also the product. Because Jay, not much changes in every business and, and you would appreciate your, back, your background, the profit and loss sheet on any business all comes down to data and numbers. You can't see the, the soul of a business on a PL. That you have to look for somewhere else. But what you can do with a PL is grow, borrow money, invest, acquire. So important, right? But without the soul, you don't get the other. It's our job as content creators to bring those two together. And that's what I do in my business every day. I just help everyone else do the same thing. Okay, awesome. And in terms of that, Angela, um, people would, if somebody wants to say engage with you, um, are they are they engaging with you through your agency or are they engaging through through you as a consultant? Depending on their need, um, okay. but it would it could end up being both because they they marry together. So my target's always been customer service. But the, um, the business changes around that, so different products. I, I never give up any of my businesses, so they're all there uh, hovering in the background. But my goal is now to help SMEs uh, have a voice and a platform and a community where they can expand 
their business because I don't believe there's many platforms that actually is there for the beginning and end of the content. And we can either take their existing content and amplify it or create stuff from scratch. And do you have, um, do you have a, for, from your point of view, uh, do you work with uh, written content as well as, um, for example, photos and videos, uh, or are you more in one or the other? So my, my first love, uh, funnily enough, is the written word. So I've been writing almost all my own content myself over the decades for me as a business owner, because I always felt, you know, sometimes when you ask someone to write the content for you, it's, it's easy because someone else does it, but it doesn't always have that, that personal flair that I've always been looking for to represent my brand. So I've always wanted it to be my voice that comes through. And that's not easy for anyone to translate in terms of getting an expert on board, but experts need to find out what the voice of the brand is. So that we can all do to some degree. So I guess because I've felt a great love for the written word and, and how it makes you feel, then my next love went to audio. So in the early days, it was all audio podcasting. So the sound, it's a very intimate sound, Jay, when you hear someone in your head. It, it's a relationship of just you and the person that's talking. So you're able to really communicate in a different way a lot of the drama. People hear how happy you are or how sad you are. So that the story can be told on a whole other level. And then, of course, now we've come to you know, full circle with it being very visual. So now we're about telling the story in a visual way. And the visual way is either done through video, like what we're doing now, or it's pictures or it's clips, or it's a story that tells a story from a picture that's not really about the story. So it's that indirect way when we kind of look at things. So I, without any shame whatsoever, exploit my baby nieces and nephews all the time for small business stories because they're small. So because they're little, the little things that they do to me represents what, what small businesses do, do. So my three-year-old nephew finds creative ways of reaching things he can't reach. You know, I've seen him push chairs over and then put books on a chair and then put a box on the books on the chair, thinking that that's going to hold his weight and Goodness knows that if we weren't there to catch him, it would be a different story. But he never focuses on those little bits. It's just the end goal. And that's what small business owners do. So in terms of how we tell the story, it's, you know, you've got to be creative about what medium you use. But again, I'm going to caution and use the wise words of an older person here. It has to be within the toolbox of your client. There's no point giving them a Spielberg production of video if they can't maintain that brand look for them. You have to I think mean, of the client. Yeah, I think the, the, the first thing you said, which was really a good starting point, was that you love writing and that you write for your own um, you know, businesses and you write for your own brand. And I think that's really interesting to, to have you start there because for a lot of people, they think writing is is a is no longer relevant, or it's like just skip it. And so I think that it's nice that you started with that. And I think that you mentioned if the other things, some a few of the other ways that people can get to know you um, through voice and through video and so on. 
but I, I do I do think that writing has a lot of um, power, and I think also the other thing that I think is interesting is that when people are searching, because we we run an agency, uh, SEO and Google agencies, uh, digital agency. Um, when people are searching and they find that you have written about a topic or a concern that they're looking for at that moment, um, you're really reaching people at the right time. And if you've taken care and really created something that's helpful, uh, that can be tremendously valuable in terms of shifting their perception of what's possible for them or helping them in a real way, you know, to solve their problem. And so um, and then they get to know you as well and start to trust you. And what's what's nice about that, in, in just in terms of the written content, is it's very scannable and people can 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 consume it in many different places. And and once you write something, you know, it, it, it's yeah, it's it has a lot. There's a lot of different aspects to that. I think that's really interesting. I love that you started off talking about that you write, and I think that's that's great. And I think personally that writing is also a way for people to. Um, to get better over time because it's something that once you practice it and you have that practice or even if you work with a writer or you work with a writing agency uh it can it can build up you know it can also build up and that's something that we can discuss you know uh, maybe in a future time but how different written content can support each other and so um you know people come and they see one thing and they see another and so on and, and, and to some extent i think youtube as you're working with now is also similar to that if they watch one episode and they really like it then they can subscribe and share and they can start to watch more and more and tune into you over and over. I think it's it's interesting what you say, Jay, because no matter what medium you look at, and even if you, um, you know, understand the data behind video analytics and, and how that's exponentially growing in terms of the way people present content, you still always kind of come back to, you know, putting the words on the screen as well, because people don't always hear video content but they watch it so when you can you know add the subtitles as well again it still comes back to the written word yeah so exactly every every medium you know you you don't you always need the written word first even if you're transcribing the content you know of an interview or youtube loves for you to put content underneath for people to read there's a reason for all of that so as you said it's SEO optimization. It comes back to data and numbers and searching. You know, without that, we have nothing, right? So still the written word is going to be as important. So don't forget kids at school, learn to write. <laughs> learn to write. The thing, the thing with writing that's really powerful is that you build an asset for your business over time. And that's something that we have seen that um, the companies that understand um, how that works, they actually can have you know, thousands and thousands of people coming to their website and coming back again and again. And so their business has um, essentially owns that asset and that asset can become really valuable for them. And it reduces the cost that they pay to acquire a customer and sometimes even to upsell the customer. So as, as we were talking earlier, Angela, that marrying those things together, the storytelling, which is really interesting, uh, the data and how that ties in. And then also, uh, I think from your point of view, utilizing a community to amplify and also using multiple channels to amplify. Um, so I think there's a lot of common ground. So thanks for sharing a bit about your background, how you work, who you help, um, how people can engage with you. And we'll have some you know, links and contacts on the profile as well. So 